very often when people uh, come to Christmas, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses make a lot of um, mileage out of the thing that Christmas shouldn't be. It's a pagan uh, festival, and it's true. Um, you know, it, there is no uh, actual uh, reason to have a celebration on December the 25th, except it's nice. And if you're one of those that enjoys celebration, but it is a, a pagan feast, never, never biblical, um, and as long as you understand that, um, there's nothing wrong with it. We don't do it out of law, we do it out of um, enjoyment. Uh, now it's the law of the land, and they made it a, a law that, you know, you remember that Christ was born one day in a year, and uh, therefore everyone takes the day off. But for a Christian, every day is the Lord's day. For a Christian, it doesn't matter uh, what day. We celebrate Christ's incarnation, don't we, every day. It's wonderful to know that Jesus came, isn't it? To redeem us. God so loved the world that he gave his only. So uh, we take advantage of it at Christmas time to reach out to the lost and tell them, hey, there is a God in heaven who cares for you. He sent his son to redeem you. And, and it's so important to understand that um, don't be one of these Christians who gets negative about Christmas, say, oh, you know, put the Christ back into Christmas and then make everyone miserable. Don't give presents, don't give out Christmas cards because it's commercialism. There's nothing wrong with um, being commercial. Remember that, nothing wrong with it. Um, it's just a good opportunity, isn't it, to celebrate, okay? So do understand I'm coming from that perspective. I don't want any of you to think that I, any other perspective, I do not believe that uh, this is the birthday of Jesus, December the 25th. He'd have at least been born in decent weather. Uh, you know, come on. Uh, hmm? He was. He was in the spring. Well, December the 25th is now spring. Okay, Dr. Hayden will tell you he was born in the spring. There you are, thank you. Um, what date do you reckon? The shepherds are out in the field. They're not out in the field in December. That's why the sheep have woolly coats. Uh, uh, but hey, we have an opportunity, uh, and we need to think as Christians certain things. Look with me in Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 2. A lot of people get caught up and want to argue over um, dates and times. I don't think it matters. It's a great time. Feast days are good days, aren't they? As long as you don't eat too much. Uh, God instituted feast days and he said I, I'll set a table in the presence of your enemies I love that
You remember it begins on the birth and childhood of Christ and came to pass in those days there went out a decree. And verse 8, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Now, one thing you need to understand, it's good tidings of what? Great joy to who? All people. And one of the things that happens so often is that Christians lose sight of the fact that God intends to reach out to all people with great joy. And when Christ came, he was anointed with joy above everyone else. There was no one else on earth more joyful than Jesus. The joy of God was the joy of his being. And so often we get an idea that somehow this baby born was not full of joy. It was great joy. And the announcement in heaven, the angels came and they couldn't resist coming and singing. A whole choir came and began to sing in heaven. There was just in heaven and on earth great joy. It was a pronouncement, hey, this thing that's happening is the most wonderful thing. Joy to all people. Not just to some people, not just to God's people, but to everyone. Jesus has come. And what has happened is that Christians have lost sight of the fact that the most important thing in their lives and the thing that's the power and strength of Christianity is joy. We sing hymns like Joy to the World. And you look out at some people and you realize their lives don't match up to their words. It's great to be alive. It's great to know God. It's great to have a Savior who's redeemed us, body, soul, and spirit. There is a joy on earth and a joy in heaven. And when Jesus was announced, and when his birth came, the angels of heaven could not resist speaking out. There was within the whole of heaven a tremendous joy because redemption had finally come for man. He came to save his people from their sin and the consequences of sin, from disease, from sickness, from bondage. He came to save all people and great joy welled up. And the angels, when they heard the declaration by one angel and the glory, it was the angel of the Lord, and the glory of God shone round about, the whole of heaven opened up and the angels began to sing, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. God is doing something wonderful. And I'm amazed how many people lose sight of joy. When I was saved, the one thing I can remember more than anything was joy. When God birthed me from above, the greatest thing that flooded my soul was joy. 
And if you've been born again, greatest thing, joy. Isn't that right? Joy! But our God is a God of... Hello? Joy. And it's great joy. And that's why I love Christmas. Everyone <laughs> celebrates. It's a great day, isn't it? It's a great time. And the angels began to declare it. Now, they've never tasted salvation. We have. They've never tasted the reality of God. We have. And so let's look. Turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 10. I want to... And you'll find in, um, well, let's take uh, verse 7. Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. The one thing God came to do when he sent his son was give us life and life more abundantly and, and may I say the word there Zoe it's the life of God not your life it's not natural life life abundant we become partakers of the divine nature and I've been talking about being born again Jesus said in John 3, you must be born again. You've got to be born of water and the spirit. Not natural birth, spiritual birth. And if you're not born again, you're not a Christian. End of story. If you hadn't have a new birth from heaven, you're just a heathen. You might have Christian beliefs, but you're not a Christian. A Christian must be born again. And it's a sovereign act of God. Birth from above. And the mark of it, is the realization you're a child of God, Abba, Father, the Spirit's cry within. And if you haven't come to a realization of your sonship, your ownership in God, and you don't know it, you are not a Christian. That is it. You might be religious, you might have all kinds of beliefs, you might have given your heart to Jesus, but he hasn't accepted it. Because when he accepts it, you have the witness of the Spirit within, and God transforms your inward nature. You are born again. In Corinthians, it makes it quite clear you're a new creation in Christ. All things are passed away. All things become new. And all things are of God. And if that hasn't happened to you, the joy and the reality of heaven has never come into your being. 
And you really, you're just a heathen with Christian beliefs. You're a religious person. But you haven't changed. And it is new life that's the most essential part of a Christian being. Jesus is born into our lives and we become alive in him. And Christmas is all about that. It's all about receiving the gift of life and life more abundant. And as I say, that's the very nature of God inside. And that's what we celebrate. You're not the man you were born, you're a new man in Christ. You're not the same as you were, you're alive. Now, it has consequences because your relationship develops in God and you find there are benefits in God from relationship. I find a lot of people have come and they've got into life and then they've lost their joy. They've lost the spontaneous rising of the sense of God's presence. They've lost what they had. Now there can be one or two questions. One is, did you just know forgiveness of sins? The Jews on the Day of Atonement came with great joy and rejoiced. They had feast days and they said, oh, our sins are, are, are forgiven. The trouble is there was a memory of them all the time and the power of it was never broken in their lives. The difference with a Christian is from the moment God comes, nature changes, life flows forth, an abundance of the nature of God within. And then your life is lived by a power that's not yours, it's his. Paul could put it this way, I live, nevertheless not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Now if that hasn't happened in you, you're not a Christian. You're religious, but you're not a Christian. And so many people, they're striving. If you're striving and fighting, I want to tell you, you're not a Christian. Because there's one thing that happens when Christ comes inside, you get peace, the peace of God which passes all understanding. A divine operation of the Spirit of God that totally unites you with Him. And if that hasn't happened, you're not a Christian. You might have beliefs, but you're not a Christian. Not the way Christ intends. A lot of evangelicals have come to an experience, but the experience hasn't brought new life. Might have brought a change in behavior, but it hasn't brought an inward reality. And it's that inward nature change that makes you a Christian. If that hasn't happened, and joy doesn't well up in your being, and the thrill every time, uh, and Christmas becomes the greatest time of joy for you. Just because you remember. But every day is a day of joy. Our God is a good God. All right? Hello? Is that plain? You're either in or you're out. And you can't, you can't con God. And it's no good pretending. It's either happened or it hasn't. Someone asked Spurgeon once, they said, well, how do you know um, when the Holy Spirit's come? 
because you know I, I, I grew up in a Christian home I'm this I'm that and, and Spurgeon's answer was when you have an electric shock you know you've had it when the Holy Ghost comes there's no doubt it's like that the power of God just hits you bang and, and everything inside changes and transformed in a second from death to life from darkness to light from bondage to freedom from sickness to health one second the blinding power of the living God and the angels came and these shepherds the moment they saw there was something they'd never seen before the glory of God they'd heard the prophets talk of it they'd heard of tales of angels and all of a sudden the glory of God's round there and the angel came joy what a pronouncement and then the whole of heaven burst forth with joy their response was let's go and see this thing that's happened let's go and see they just couldn't they couldn't just sit there and do nothing they had to go and see and it wasn't the time of the wise men this was the time of the shepherds the thing is that shepherds came when the glory of God came and, and the announcement great joy 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 the one thing in your life that should always be present joy do you know joy enables you to have energy there's an energizing my Bible says the joy of the Lord is your what if you lack strength what do you need joy because God's quickening power is in joy there is no life in misery have you noticed that misery wears you out uh, sorrow destroys the soul there is something awful about miserable people there's certain people who have a gift of it uh, they, they never seem to delight in anything they like to be miserable about everything turn to the person next to you say I hope he's not talking about you there's joy great joy a Christian is so so joyful he's just so full of an inward joy life is good has a sense of humor but humor isn't joy joy is a, an inward reality of peace with God communion with God and it's just so wonderful and if you haven't got that you're not a Christian joy is the most wonderful thing of all it just it's just part of life and the whole announcement right from day one the angels wanted the shepherds to know this thing has got to do with joy that's it hadn't got to do with anything else joy Ephesians chapter 4 
says is in verse 21, if so, you, you, if so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, that's manner of life, the old man, that is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that's the attitude of your mind, that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. When you put on the new man, there's something you put on, righteousness and true holiness. Not a, a false holiness, the Jews had false holiness, they went about and they lived outwardly, but not inwardly. True holiness is an inward relationship with God, not an outward thing. There's lots of people that go to church every Sunday. There are lots of people who have religious ideas and they live by certain moralistic codes, but they're not true holy people. True holiness is in Christ, and the mark of true holiness is joy. Without that, it's not true holiness, and the mark of true holiness is freedom. Paul could write and say, all things are lawful unto me, not all things are expedient. He learned how to glory in whatever state he was. He was happy. Paul wasn't a miserable man. Paul wasn't an austere man, he was a happy man. And all the disciples were happy. You'll find time after time, Acts 15, they're filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. God always wanted people to know there's one thing about the church, joy. One thing about God's people, joy. One thing's certain, if you want disease to rack your body, be miserable. It's a welcome. If you want things to go wrong in your life, practice misery, you'll get them wrong. Faith is joy. True holiness. And it's an attitude in your mind. If you live for selfishness and self-centeredness, you'll soon get misery. If you live for the living God, you'll live in joy. You see, death comes by the devil. Stealing, destroying comes from the devil. But Christ has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And hey, everything's going to be good. You see, when Christ comes, you don't live in, oh dear, oh, I'm worried. I, I, I don't go to bed and, and, you know, some people say they go to bed and they spend half the night worrying and they worry about this, they worry about, when I go to bed, my head hits pillow. And that's it. Boom. Do I worry about what's going on? Not at all. You see, I, I, I'm carefree. Because I cast all my cares upon him. He careth for me. And if I don't believe he cares for me, I've got a problem. And so often what captures people is they're worried. They, they, they take all the cares of everything on, on their shoulders. And let me ask you this, when you take everything on your own shoulders, does it get any better? 
When you spend half the night worrying, does it improve? You just wake up miserable. You haven't slept very well. You come down to breakfast grumpy. You've done a great job. And you'll make yourself ill. But going to sleep with joy in your heart, waking up, God is good. That's the way to live. And that's a healthy way. I see people, they get caught by the pressures of life. Oh, you don't know what I've been through. I don't want to know what you've been through. Some people come and they want to make you miserable. If you, if you change your attitude of your mind and you start believing God, it's so easy. It's so wonderful. But if you live with your, oh, and you can start reliving all your problems, can't you? as you pour them out. Uh, I just like to sleep. And the source of life, Jesus. And the angels said, hey, joy. Great joy. What an announcement. I can't understand why people don't understand. The happiest people on earth are Christians. The freest people on earth, Christians. The worry-free people, Christians. Other men's heart fail them through fear. They worry about tomorrow. Well, if you worry about it, it won't stop it coming. You might just as well rejoice in your God who's able to take care of tomorrow. And everything will work together for good. Who to? Those that love God. Well, do you believe it? No, really believe it. Then you have no right to think of the morrow. It says sufficient for the day is the evil thereof. Doesn't it? People come to me, well, what happens if this happens? What happens if that happens? I say, well, what happens if it doesn't? Well, well, uh, oh, yeah, but you don't know. This could happen, that could happen. And they panic. Does panic change anything? Do it make it better? No, it just makes you miserable. Turn with me to um, uh, John's Gospel, chapter 15. John 15. And verse 8 says this, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples, that the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in the, his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Now, what was the condition of it? Relationship. It's all to do with relationship. Verse um, 9, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as, my as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment that you love one another. 
as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. It's a wonderful thing. Do you notice, abiding in love brings what? Joy. Jesus said, look, there's one thing about love. It is absolutely overflowing with joy. And you have to live God's way and walk in God's commands to abide in that love. But that love is joy. And God wants your joy always to be full, never to be empty. Joy is the mark of a Christian life. <laughs> not misery, not anxiety, not fear, joy. Joyful. Joyful all you people rise. You know, to joy. 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 And the mark of any Christian church is a church of joy. It's joyful. You love people when you enjoy them. What do you, you join your joy with their joy. That's how you enjoy. There's something nice about meeting people who really are full of joy, isn't there? Hmm? Just great. I enjoy going and meeting with God's people. I enjoy the choir singing. Why? I like an expression of their joy. But joy is something that springs from the heart. And when we're in the love of God, joy is a natural fulfillment of that life. Without joy, you missed him. But you know, he's a good God, and he comes to meet our needs, and we need to live in the joy of the Lord. It should be our strength, our hope, our health, our healing. You know, even doctors, they admit that if a person has a positive, joyful attitude, they heal quicker than if they have a miserable attitude. There are some people who, who make a meal out of any disease, any sickness, anything. They're always miserable. And there are people who are happy. And a happy disposition is a healing disposition. A miserable disposition is a sick one. There are some people who make themselves sick. They open the way for the devil. They walk out of faith and love and into misery. Life becomes a burden to them. Everything's hard. Oh, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know this. You don't know that. And they gravitate into a pit of despondency. And God intends us to be people of joy. That our joy may be Full. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you. God never intends joy to pass from us for one second of our lives. It remains within us. And it's full to overflowing. That's God's purpose. Uh, if you're not living in that, I want to tell you, you've walked out of fellowship with God. 
If you don't know that every moment of every day, something has gone wrong. In the midst of it all, that's why it shook the, the, the jailer. Do you remember? He, he, put, <laughs> he put him in prison and he thought, I've got him in the deepest cell. And they'd whipped him and flogged him. Do you remember two people? And what did they hear at midnight? Singing and praise. How can that be? We've tortured them. We've thrown them into the stinkiest, darkest dungeon. And all we can hear is singing. And then the whole place was shaken. Glory to God. I mean, that, that's what shakes any prison house. Doesn't matter, they can do the worst to you and throw you in the worst prison, but joy will burst the bands. I tell you, bring you out that easy. And do you know what it did? It affected everyone else because all the prison opened. There was an earthquake. Every prisoner found his bonds released. Every prisoner there. Why? Because there were two people in the worst extremity, their joy burst open their prison. You can be in the deepest sickness and disease. I'll tell you what is the best medicine. Joy. Because death can't abide joy. Bondage cannot cope with joy. There is something about joy that wrecks the devil's plan. It's, uh, it's an ingredient. It's the power of God. It's the very strength of God flowing through your being. And the devil has a hard problem with it. That's why he wants to make everyone miserable. That's why disease and sickness comes. It doesn't come from God, it comes from the pit. It's not a good thing. Pain, disease and sickness is a part of the curse. Death is part of the curse. He wants to steal your life. Joy is the antidote. Joy is an antidote for every situation in life. You can be miserable in any situation. Joyful as a Christian. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the sin. With the angelic host proclaim. Christ is born in Bethlehem. I, I mean, it's just so wonderful Christmas, isn't it? Now what I want to ask you is, has Christmas come to you? Is joy part of your life? Do you live with fullness of joy? Do you have the joy of Christ remaining in you? Or have you got the cares of the world? Are you living under misery or are you living under God? Are you able to open your being and just shout for the glory of God? Something wonderful. Our God is a good God. Or are you one of those who, oh, oh you don't have life, oh, if you've been through what I've been through. John's Gospel, chapter 13, look at this.
verse 34 says a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another and by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another do you know love and joy are inextricably joined you cannot separate love from joy you can't there's one thing if you see a couple who fall in love the one mark is joy if they haven't got joy they haven't got love there's something about love and joy you can't separate them and there's a peace and a rest that comes with love love joy and peace they're, they're a threefold cord they can't they can't be separated you can't love someone without joy just can't you can't express love without joy just can't it's the way God is that's the way God's nature is love and joy are part of the same it's impossible to be in love and be without joy it's impossible to enjoy fellowship with God without joy in your heart. It's impossible to love your fellow man without joy. It's impossible. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit that has to be there. Love expressed without joy is misery. It's not love. It's self centeredness not love but the joy of God do you know what's missing if you ask what's missing in the world in families in homes it's joy somehow sneaking out of their lives has gone joy things go wrong joy is the thing that vanishes Jesus prayed, he said, I, 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 I'm talking to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. And do you know the angels understood this is a message of great joy to all nations, to all peoples. That's the most wonderful thing of all. Doesn't matter who you are, this wonderful gift of Jesus when we start thinking of God incarnate the thing we want to remember most of all is when God comes to live in you the most he wants to do is give you joy 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 to the world hope hope bursting forth on your soul certainty and knowledge there's a savior who cares for you who loves you uh, uh, one who redeems you who heals your body who breaks the chains of bondage who gives you his righteousness his power his joy and it remains in you most wonderful thing of all if you haven't got that sorry 
You're not a Christian. You really aren't. Something's wrong. It's wrong with your walk, wrong with your life. It's amazing how I, I find when I go and pray for people, one of the ingredients that's missing from their lives is joy. Sick people, when life's being robbed from you, joy is robbed. And joy is a thing of the spirit, not a thing of, of your intellect. Joy is a thing that bursts forth, it's part of eternal life. And when you have life abundant, joy is the ingredient. I worry when I hear people make statements about, oh, I want to die. I want to live. Oh, I want to give. Ah. No. Life is wonderful. I'm alive. I wonder when people say they love and I see no joy. They've lost God. They've lost their way. This is Christmas. The announcement of the angels. The whole of heaven singing, joy, joy to the world. And you know you can enter into that joy just by coming to Jesus. You can have that life by opening your heart to him. You can begin to realize, hey, I, I should never be outside of that. You can cast all your cares upon him. You can lift up your heart and let that joy well up in your soul. There's, that's the greatest thing of all, joy, joy, joy. I see a lot of people, marriages die when joy goes. You know, if you lose joy, you lose love. Marriage is dead. There's nothing worse than a joyless couple. Go into a house, the kids whine, the parents whine, horrible. And you know, people come to the church and they say, oh, the choir, we love the choir. There's something about, I tell you, it's joy. It's nice to just enjoy singing. The church should be an expression of joy. A Christian should be an expression of joy. If you're not that, you're not a Christian. Because the joy of Christ should remain in you. And your joy should be full. If you haven't got that, and joy is not in the bottom of a bottle, joy is in the spirit of Christ, the glory of God, the wonder of salvation, the blessing of a saviour who saved me from everything. Joy, 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 joy. Joy, 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 joy. Most wonderful thing of all, isn't it? Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. I love that song. <laughs> you know, there's certain songs that kind of catch you. Rejoicing always captures my heart. I don't know of any other. I love joy, rejoice. Sing, shout, 
something about joy. You know why the children came to Jesus? Because they found a joyful person. Do you know why the disciples, they couldn't keep away the joy? Do you know why the sick came? The sick came because there was joy. There was hope. Joy has a hopefulness in it that is just part of it. Love, joy, peace. Amen? All right? So I want to challenge you. You know, a real challenge from God. Just smile. <laughs> Let the joy show if you've got it. Some of you, it's like kind of hidden in the deep, dark, murky depths of you. Where joy is wonderful. He's a wonderful God. Let's all stand. The most important gift in life is joy. That's what it brings when Jesus comes. The announcement in heaven and earth. Joy. Joy. Let's pray. Just close your eyes. Lord Jesus, Lord, we thank you that you came, the gift of the Father to a sin-sick world. And Lord, you came full of joy, full of hope, full of life. And your prayer was that your joy might remain in us and our joy might be full. On your birth, the very angels sung in heaven. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Lord, your wills to do us good all the time, to heal us, deliver us, make us whole. You came to save us from sin and its consequences. Lord, I just pray for each one here. Let them have a vision of Jesus as he really is. Full of that joy. That spontaneous laughter. That spontaneous life and love. Lord, and let us live in it. In the fullness of it. Every moment of every day. Let us live and walk in our salvation. Lord, bless each one. Quicken each heart that they might understand what was said. And Lord, let us lay hold on the gift you've given us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What better to say? Joy to who? The world. The world.